about finances, and I always have this disclaimer because I'm a preacher, I'm not trying to get you money, but I want something for you. I want you to deeply understand the heart of God when it comes to money and possessions. Because it's what you think about probably every day. You probably check your online banking account every day, as you should. Because someone else could be checking it for you and taking money from you. So, it's something that's on our heart, on our minds. Am I saving enough? Do I, do I have too much debt? These are some of the questions we ask ourselves. What about the future? Have I saved enough for later? And so, money and possessions and finances are a big deal to us. So, it's appropriate for us to have a proper perspective on how God sees money so you can see money the same way. As I've been saying the last several weeks, there should be no mystery when it comes to money. You know how much comes in, and you tell it where to go. That's how money is. You just tell it where to go. And I, I gave you a couple challenges. One was to spy on your money. Like, really spy on it. Watch where it goes. Because in, in, in a marriage, you have the, the receipt collector, and then you got the person that's asking, when they ask you for the receipt, do you want a receipt, sir? You're like, no thanks. Throw that away. So you have a thrifty, and you have a free spirit in most relationships. So the thrifty person has their, their purse or their wallet. They open it up, and all the receipts come out because they're tracking it and they're hoping you track it too. So it's an important topic because it's easy to get lost. It's very easy to get lost financially. And, and, and money and possessions is a spiritual issue because it impacts our lives. So this is kind of why we're doing the topic. It's to educate. It's to stir your heart. It's to change your mind in how you view money. Now, Chances are, you have, you've had more than your parents had at your age. Chances are, you've had, you, right now, you, when your parents were your age, right now you have more with, with, one, with what they had when they were your age. Hopefully that sounds right. It sounds confusing to me. Because I know I did. My dad was a railroad worker, 30 years. He's retired now. And he still worries about it. Do I have enough? Are we going to make it? So yeah, Dad, you got a pension. You're pretty good. You're solid. I always got to encourage him. Because focusing on this topic of money, whether you have a want or a need, and that's an important defining moment for all of us. Because if we focus on what we don't have, it makes our hearts vulnerable to greed. Why? Because as long as we're on a quest for me or ourselves... I'll assume that everything that comes along is meant for my consumption. And so Jesus defines greed. And we hate saying the word greed, you know, it's, but it's, it's, it's in there. It's in the scriptures. You know, greed is such, a, such an important topic that in 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 5 it says, if you're greedy, Paul wrote that you should be thrown out of the church. That's how bad it is. That's how bad your heart gets. Amen. That's how serious it is. So when we talk about money and possessions, it's to protect you from the love of money. Now, God is not against having nice things and having stuff, as we talked about before. God just doesn't want you to go into debt to get those things. He doesn't want you to borrow to get because it, it makes you a slave. So how we view money is important because it keeps us safe spiritually. It's important. So look at me in Luke chapter 12. If you don't have your Bible, I have it on the board. And I'm going to read with you. 
it says, uh, someone in the crowd said to Jesus, because they, they, they gathered around Jesus, he was doing some teaching. Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Obviously, their, their father died and there was an inheritance and he and his brother, but his brother was the firstborn, so he got the big lot. And the guy's like, hey, make him split it with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who, who, may, who appointed me judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to, to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And then he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say, and, and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for those who store up things for themselves, but are not rich toward God. Amen. So Jesus defines greed as the assumption of life's extras are for our consumption. And that kind of attitude leaves very little margin to be generous. So what's the principle? The principle is a man is accused of being greedy. That's what the brother said. Tell my brother to split up that dough with me. And Jesus warns them both of being greedy. Be careful. And Jesus launches into this parable aimed at those who have extra. Because the more we have, the more easier it is to get lost with stuff. And before long, we start beginning to believe that we need certain things to live that have nothing to do with living. How many times have you started a sentence with, I need. And you ended up with something you really didn't need. Especially need to live. Every time you pass that, that strip mall, you start thinking, I need. Why do we say I need? Because I want sounds so self-centered and greedy. I want. I want. It just sounds bad. So it sounds better to say, oh, I need another pair of shoes. I, you know what? I need, another, I need a third coat for this winter. I've worn that one twice. It sounds better than we, than we say I need... Versus I won't. It just sounds better. So we're in a habit of saying I need, when really it's an I want. Because do you need that to live? To live requires that I get what I need. But most of us have long since departed from getting what we need. And when these two things get confused, we get lost. That's how you get in trouble. When you confuse a need and a want. It's okay to have a want. Just know it's a want. 
Don't confuse it with the need. You need food. You need water. You need a roof over your head. You need those things. And everything else is, I want hostess Twinkies. I want. Everything else is extra. So the question is, what do we do with the extra? We, 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 we understand need and wants. And the danger is when I confuse needs and wants, every dollar that comes my way is spent mentally. Because want is never satisfied. Needs can't be satisfied. You have a need, that can, that can get taken care of. But wants never get satisfied. You know, I can create a lifestyle that consumes every dollar because it begins to feel like I need. If your house payment gets high enough, you can make two, three, four hundred thousand dollars a year and need every penny to survive in your mind. But it's artificial. You can run your credit cards up where you need every penny. You can do that too. And the reason why this is important because when you go to a third world country, you truly see, it's so humbling, because you truly see the difference between needs and wants. But in America, we end up pursuing things like a hungry man pursues food. That's 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 how our culture is. That's how America is. So it's important that we get a biblical perspective on money and possessions so we don't fall prey to the culture. But we never at any point, at never, does life consist of, pos- of possessions. So the parable, and Jesus is telling you about a man who's already rich. He had extra. When you go to a third world country, you realize really quick, you're pretty rich. Yes, yes, your apartment, you're still styling and profiling. You're living nice. Even the, even the poor in America, compared to the third world countries, well, it's bad. It's bad. So he's already rich, and he had extra. Well, it says, the ground yielded this man's extra, this man's grain. What yielded? The ground. Who's in charge of that? God, not the man. So the man yielded what God had provided, and he had extra. What shall I do with my extra? He had a problem. You know, in the agricultural society, a farmer wasn't based on his savviness. It was based on, a lot of it was luck or blessings when the rain came. He couldn't control the weather. So as the weather came in, he had a good crop, he had extra. He wasn't really in control of it. What comes his way doesn't mean he earned it. He was just a recipient of blessings. Who yields your income? The ground. The ground yields it. So he comes up with this plan that he's going to store his extra for future consumption. 
And verse 18, I'm going to build even bigger barns so I can store my extra stuff. He assumes it's all for him. He assumes he has many years to live. In reality, he's lost. But when you meet someone like that, we get a little envious, don't we? When we see someone like that, if we were to stop there, this man should lead our compass class. This man should be revered. This man should be hailed on the church as awesome. If we were to stop right there, this, this guy, this, hey brother, you got to pay attention here. This guy right here. We'd be envious, be like he'd be leading the compass class. He would have the authority, the moral authority to speak on finances. He would. If it stopped there. Yeah. But the parable doesn't stop there. Because that's how everybody else thinks. That's how the world thinks. That's how our culture thinks. Yeah. I have extra. It's for me. Jesus wants to teach us a lesson. But, he said, God said to him, You fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This man thought money ensured his time. God says, I'll take your life and leave your money. You have run out of time before you ran out of money. So here's the question. Yes. Now who is going to get what, what you prepared for yourself? Somebody else is going to get it. Somebody else. In the end, everything that we accumulate will be distributed to other people. Yep. And Uncle Sam. But not because this man was generous. His stuff didn't go to other people because he was generous. His stuff went to other people because he was dead. Yeah. How ironic is that? He was more dependent on God than he actually realized. So God calls him a fool. Why is that? Not for being rich. You never find that in the Bible. You fool, you're rich. No, it doesn't say that. Not for not, but, but for not knowing why he was rich. Yep. Not for having extra, but for thinking the extra was for him. Yep. And I want you to realize, outside of your survival of what you need, you have extra. Yeah. The question is, what do you do with the extra? Do you build bigger barns? With your extra? Because that's what God is trying to communicate here. What do we all do outside of survival? Outside of arroz, frijoles, and pollo. Outside of the rice, beans, and chicken that you need. Outside of that. Outside of shelter. Outside of clothes on your back. Survival things. It's extra. What do you do? With the extra. That is the question. This very next verse is huge. Because it's the moral of the story. He says this. This is how it will be 
with those who store up things for themselves, but are not rich toward God. Notice the contrast. Storing up for himself versus being rich toward God. God is not never condemns a man who is wealthy or has extra. He never does. Amen. It's what you assume what, with what you do with it. Taking care of his own deal rather than looking out for God's. Giving things that are important to God. You know what's important to God? It's helping the poor and needy. That's what's important to God. When you have a little extra and there's an opportunity to give to someone in need, that's that's where your extra ought to go. I have extra. Let me help the poor, the needy. How about funding ministries worldwide? Hope worldwide. Special missions contribution. All these things. Extra goes to helping God's kingdom. In many ways. This verse is Jesus' definition of a greedy person. Someone who stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. A greedy person is a person who saves very carefully, but gives very sparingly. A person who assumes that the abundance that comes his or her way is primarily for personal consumption. So the big question is, what is this? This is what will happen. We will die. Not because you're rich. You will die. Your life will end. Prematurely. It can end. Happens all the time. We can die in our sleep. We can die tomorrow. We can die tonight. You don't know. We don't know. So that's why this parable is so important. When it talks about money and possession. You don't know. One thing you don't have control over is when you will meet your maker. You don't. Amen. This means a total loss. The landowner suffered a total loss of everything he possibly owned. A total reversal of fortune. He had lost everything in this life and had nothing to show in the next life. Absolutely nothing. He was lost and didn't even know it until it was too late to do anything about it. Remember when you were a kid? Our moms tried to teach us this parable. Before you went to church, before you ever encountered Christianity, your mother actually tried to teach you this parable. But here's how she did it. There's two cookies... At home. And one son grabs both of them. Because what kids do, they grab both. And you know what the kids say? Mine! Right? And your mom said, Hey, you know, you have two cookies. You ought to eat them really fast before your sister gets home. (laughs) She didn't say that, did she? Did your mom say that? That's cold if your mom said that. So eat them all up. Ah, before she gets to then she'll never know. Your mom probably said something like this. 
hey, take one for yourself and give one to somebody else. That's probably what your mom said when you were growing up. I have what I need. This is my extra. It's pretty shocking to see someone have two cookies and eat them both in front of you. (laughs) Yeah, really? That happened? That's crazy, bro. Tell me more about that. Whoa, that's crazy. You know what's crazy? Is keeping both for yourself. Doesn't Doesn't it feel wrong in your conscience? Like, that's wrong. That's how God feels. Here's what you need. Here's the extra. So who wants my extra? Here we go. Divide the cookies. Divide the inheritance. Here you go, Tim. I don't need it. Give it away to somebody else. Our mom, our moms, and your moms right now, this is what you're trying to teach your kids. You got what you need, and now you got extra. So I want to hail all the mothers and all your moms who tried to teach us this parable. And it it took us all this time until now to go, wow, mom was right. She was onto something. She was onto something. Imagine being God. Imagine being able to see everyone in the world who has two cookies. And everyone who has no cookies. What do you do with your extra? If God has blessed you with more than you need, it is so you can share your abundance with those in need. If you've been blessed, amen. If you're rich, amen. If you have possessions, amen. We talked about what to do with the possessions. We talked about that. Use it for the kingdom. Yeah. Right? God is not down on what you own or what you have. Don't go into debt because of it, but He's not down. If you have extra, now you know what you can do with it. There are plenty of opportunities of people being in need. You know, I think about Lucero Blanda. I I can't imagine the medical bills. It's neat. Life depends on it. There are you know, There's a GoFundMe page on, on Facebook. I'd encourage you to go there if you, if you feel compelled to be, to be generous. And this is what I'm talking about. When, you're, when your financial house is organized, when opportunities come up like this, you can be generous because you have extra. You're out of debt. I have extra. I can help. I can give. That's the whole point about money and possessions. Because you're not going to take it with you when you go to heaven. It's just here for a neutral use. You're just using it. So let's think about that. Think about this parable. And call your mom today and say, Mom, I want to say thank you. After 40 years in this earth, I know what you're trying to do. Thank you, Mom. Have a great afternoon and enjoy your time. That concludes our service.